Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hi, I'm Sarah Smith. If you're the type of person that goes to liberty as other people would go on safari, and the fact that John Lewis doesn't have a funeral service makes you fret, Sarah Smith cleaning cloths are for you. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. I tumble from my ambridge bed and stumble to the kitchen. I pour myself a good old cup of Borsetshire ambition. I yawn a little and stretch a little and try to come to life. And it turns out I'm the only one here working nine to five. We had a very sad email from Maisie Jett this week. Uh, she said, I just wanted to say that I was introduced to Dumpty Dum by my dear friend Ruth Johnson, who was an equally bonkers Archers fan. Ruth died on the 21st of June 2016. This was sudden and unexpected, but she had suffered poor health for a number of years. Um, so from us, rest in peace, Ruth, and much love to you, Maisie Jett, from the whole Dumpty Dum family. And on that note, this is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality darky drama that has centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the bongo drum that is Floyfield Brown, and with me I have the sweaty tie-dye t-shirt that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our grand opening, folks, is you. Now today's Dumpty Dum is from last week's mashup of Barrett Green and 9 to 5. So there's mm-hmm. a repeat for you, folks. Uh, Lucy. Mm-hmm. Because we need a fresh one. Can you remind our listeners how they win the accolade of Dumpty Dummer of the Week? Yes, if you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, give us a plot prediction, or think an elf migration is a sensible use of your time when your family's facing homelessness, then ring us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to Lovely Shambridges for her amazing voices, to Cosmo for his podcast roundups, and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Um, thank you also to Derek, who's been inspired by Wimbledon, and he's back on the Grey Gables courts again. Uh, Kirst is annoyed because he refuses to follow the dress code, and he's doing it in his vest and wife fronts and there's balls going everywhere <laughs> on this week's episode we have calls from steve who says nuke the elves claire who's worried about lillian new york nigel who's doing his grocery shopping glenn who's got a bleak idea yokel bear who's got a case of the ambridge x-files cosmo who explains everything I think the answer's 42 then, basically. With a spoon, who's cross with Kate and mid Miss City, who's got a point of order. But first, before all the calls, it's Lucy V. Freeman and a week in Ambridge. This week, Brian expressed all our incredulity that anyone would want to spend more time with Roy. But apparently Phoebe does, if only to escape the incessant cackling and yurtling. Jenny and Brian have returned from Venice and could barely contain their excitement at looking at some flipping tilling machines that Adam was gagging to show them. Even Jenny said, Oh, could I have a look? As if she knows one end of a tilling machine from another. She was probably wondering where the white wine attachment was. The cricket Mm. is all getting a bit saucy. Richard said Adam was gentle but firm and Alistair had to beg Josh not to pull out. But he's too young for me to make jokes about, so I shot. You're just going to have to make them yourselves. Oh, you already have. 
Susan brought her world-class retail managerial experience to the farm shop by saying, I wouldn't buy anything in here. It's all overpriced. There's no tabards and it's all full of flies. It's marketing like that that got retail giants like BHS where they are to do. Oh. Neil spent a whole episode going <laughs> about the hens. Haley said silently that the passion had gone from chicken keeping. I mean, one minute <laughs> the glamour of grabbing a warm egg from a chicken's backside and the next moment the excitement of shoveling a mound of chicken shit has all worn off. Happens to us all. Anyway, J.R. Egging now has to pay all the money back and David said it takes a long time to rebuild trust. When your mum went off and rogered that cowman, it took me years to get over it, he said. In fact, I still worry about the look she gets in her eye when the AI man snaps his gloves on. <laughs> so they're going to chop the tree down outside Grange Farm. Joe will die when they chop it down and will then be buried under the stump or cremated over it like a barbecue. I don't know. Let's just stop the maundering on about things ain't what they used to be. There is no way that a family earning what the Grundys earn could afford to live in a five-bedroom farmhouse in a desirable location, so let's stop pretending it's even a possibility. Whatever you've been up to in the polytunnels, Adam, it's brought a real glow to your cheeks, said Lillian. <laughs> well, goodness me, don't tell me he's teaching useful phrases in colloquial English to more Polish pickers. Don't tell my husband. Here is the key to my back door and watch what you're doing with that parsnip. It was the court session with Helen and Rob, which was a laugh fest. Rob is the only man in the world who can big himself up even when he's in a family trial. Yes, actually, I recovered faster than any man on record. The doctor's very impressed with my progress. Naturally, I'm now in the Guinness Book of Records. Alice has decided that it's not enough to be an adenoidal astrophysicist wedding planner. She now wants to be an adenoidal agricultural engineer astrophysicist wedding planner. <laughs> Great. Now the whole of Home Farm can bore on endlessly about farming technology. Rex is continuing his one-man mission to be the saddest man in Ambridge. He decided to go on a pointless 400-mile round trip with Pip while she witted on about how marvellous Matthew was and wouldn't even let him get a drink and a wee from the service station on the way home. And then made him sing Uptown Funk just to add insult to injury. I would either have thrown myself or Pip out of the car, but Rex not only managed to restrain himself, but even humiliated himself further by trailing after her to Kate's open space or whatever it's called. It is named after the vast open space between Kate's ears. And then, Lord's of <laughs> mercy, Kate and Roy sounded as if they were about to bump uglies. They saw the dawn in together and then Brian said he saw her going up to bed at five. So if dawn's at four, what was she doing for an hour? Hmm. Well, probably not much with Roy as I can't see him lasting for an hour, not without powerful machinery anyway. So maybe it was Murdo <laughs> and his performing bongos. It was a good party though, apparently. Jennifer said she'd seen Linda doing yoga. Brian talked about what a good time Linda had had. Roy regaled everyone with tales of what Linda was doing with the bongos. Everyone was talking about Linda. It's a shame, really. We weren't allowed to hear any of it, wasn't it? Maybe we could ask Radio 4 to give us all hearing aids because we're all clearly keep going deaf at key moments. And the elves have been given an eviction notice. Mm. But were saved at the last minute by Eddie who, unable to save his own family, has decided to save elves instead. We've done Grundy World of Christmas, Turkey World, Bankrupt World, and now we've got Edwill, Elf World. He decided to do the Great Elf Migration across the green. Some of the elves were put in unreliable dinghies in the village pond by other gangmaster elves, and then those that survived the journey got penned in a holding enclosure in the car park of the bull. They're introducing a point system now, so only doctor elves will be allowed. <laughs> oh, well, that must be progress then. The end. Enjoyed that this week, Freeman. Well done. <laughs> Thank God. I always love it if you manage to shoehorn in a reference to a, to a soap that's about 30 years old. Which was that? Uh, J.R. Eggin. Oh, well, you yeah. like a bit of Dallas, don't you? Oh, I love Dallas, mm. me. Yeah, love it, love it, love it. Up to your normal standards. Thank you. Well done. Right, now, uh, do you want to prattling about anything before the calls you want to go straight into them calls uh i think mm -hmm. that i'm getting more back into the swing of the frivolous storylines now mm -hmm. so i did genuinely care about the launch of kate's thing and whether or not it would work or not and i wasn't just thinking oh shut up shut up what the hell's happening at blossom hill cottage or whatever anymore it's quite nice to just let go of that mm. um i do find this and i'd I kind of just wish that we could be slight 
you know, I know we go on about the archers. Listers are more sophisticated than um, than uh, than we're given credit for, and blah blah blah. And then the silly old Daily Mail says, "Oh, they're all up in arms because they don't like domestic, they don't like you know controversial storylines." It isn't that, but actually, sometimes I quite like unsophisticated storylines. To dis- so to discover now that Anna Tregoran has some huge, you know. That's a bloody mystery as well. I could just do without any more mysteries. Don't start introducing mm. more loose ends that need tying up. Can we not just have Anna Tregoran coming in, doing a good job, fixing the problem and going away again? That would be lovely. I don't want to care about another person. Mm. I barely care about the people I care about sometimes. I haven't got the energy. <laughs> so I can't. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, uh, God, I... does that have to be a mystery as well? Well... What definitely did make me do a bit of an eye roll was the fact that she's so central to the Rob and Helen storyline and she's got an issue. If it yeah. was somebody else that had had some kind of, you know, mysterious thing in their background, well, then you just go, well, oh. yeah. you know, we are watching some, you know, listening to well, some Sarah, scripted drama. Sarah Smith's prediction mm-hmm. was that the thing that she didn't, when she said, oh, God, it's happening again. Um, that what it actually was was uh, that she'd already done a DV case about coercive control and she hadn't spoken to an ex-wife or something. And I think that this is the cue to bring Jess back in. Mm. I really hope so, because I'm so sick of just listening to Helen going, nope, not saying anything to anybody. Mm. I mean, I know why, but, you know, I don't want to hear it. I just want it to be tied up now. Yeah. We've had this whole thing uh, where the... uh script writers and uh you know the man in charge says we're playing this out in real time because that's how it would you know that's how it would be in the, mm-hmm. in the real world but mm-hmm. actually we do need this kind of truncated yeah you know, this real time be damned yeah. right you know we're listening yeah. to 12 minutes a day of real time <laughs> so they can truncate it you know it is possible yes because yeah. our patience has been sorely tried um yeah. but I, I tell you i love an archer as if it's got the parish council meeting in it that yes. to me, yep. if I needed to be reminded that this is not of my world, give me a parish council yeah. meeting and I go, what <laughs> the hell? It's Little England and I love it. <laughs> I do. I've decided I quite fancy Neil now. What? You know when you, know when you don't fancy somebody until, until you realise that someone else does? I think and then that every time I start dumdy dum with you, Lucy. Go on. Well, I'm sure... <laughs> Because because all that chilly business that was, that was everything. <laughs> I quite like that bit. And mm. then when he's masterful in the meeting, I quite mm. like that. Neil at the helm. Uh, yes. Really? So I'm developing a strange fondness. Mind you, you like do you it when that? he tells it Eddie when he when he when yes. he should speak and when yes. he shouldn't. Stand up. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But then, mind you, I had a weird fortnight last year when I fancied James May. So it could well be that again. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> And on that unsettling note, let's go to the phone oh, call, shall we? Hello, Ambridge 3962. Hi, it's Miss Mid-City, and I've got a few things to say about the uh, lack of accuracy in Wednesday's episode that I've just listened to, which was supposed to have taken place in the family court. Uh, broadly speaking, there are a number of things that just don't tally with even my limited experience of what happens in the family court. I say this as someone who only rarely does family law, but it just so happens I had a first hearing dispute resolutions appointment today, uh, this so-called FUDRA, um, and my opponent didn't turn up, but that's that's by the by. Anyway, it's not a custody hearing. Uh, it's a first hearing dispute resolutions appointment, which is abbreviated to its acronym. And uh, it's supposed to be about refining the issues between the parties, not about giving evidence. So one of the things you do is you make sure that safeguarding checks are carried out by CAFCAS and you discuss what you agree on, what you don't agree on. You consider the evidence that you're going to need to help you refine the issues. You consider whether or not you need any expert evidence. And I guess in some cases, whether or not you can wrap everything up on that day and actually have any kind of agreement uh, that's effectively a final order. Um, So there was no need to hear from 
Rob, that was pure dramatic license, Rob playing the victim, and Helen being determined not to answer a straight question. No need for any of that. Um, I think I can let that go. But it was peculiar once again to have a silent contribution in a situation where there should have been some uh, something scripted. There was a silent contribution from Pat and Tony's representative at the hearing. But Pat and Tony's loud stage whispers were all too audible. Very peculiar. They would have been told to shut up a long time ago. Miss Mid-City said... It is very peculiar that we couldn't hear Tony and Pat's defect. We couldn't hear the person speaking for Tony and Pat. They just mm-hmm. said, oh, well done, Maggie. She did marvellous, didn't she? But then they they sort of whispered all the way through it, very unprofessionally, Pat and Tony. Well, and I can kind of understand why. But, uh, you know, she said she wanted to tell them to shut up, but everyone's been wanting to tell Pat and Tony to just shut up for ages, particularly Pat anyway. Well, the one um, wanting Pat to speak up. Yeah, but it was, they wanted Helen to speak up. Well, no, but like when when Pat uh, was just blithely had a, a you know turned her eyes and, and, and ears away from the fact that something peculiar was going on with her daughter yes. and she didn't want to speak to her. So they yeah. were marching round and saying, "You preggers, what yeah. what's up? Talk yeah. to me on your mother. I know you, and I know that you avoid confrontation. You avoid issues. Yeah. What is going on?" Yeah. But yes, it was it was very and and you know I mean I I've no idea whether that's a proper fudra meeting or not, but they have to, they we have introduced a, a huge it variety did of sound monsters. like some you know that acronym did make it sound like some in Hindi ceremony, didn't it? <laughs> it really did. I think it was Purda or something or another. Or someone's going to be burnt on a pyre. If so. <laughs> Sadly, he wasn't, but it would have been good. Mm. <sighs> um. Yes, it's all get to, you know. They can't have it both ways. They've either got to if they're going to say we're going to do it in real time, I mean, it's all going to be exactly as it would be. But they actually mm. have to do that. Mm. So they have to have a barrister that can't just sit there for hours and hours and hours talking to a woman about what she can see out the window, rather than things that are actually pertinent to the case. And you know, as Miss Mid City said, apparently, you know, you wouldn't have um, a, a judge there. You wouldn't have um, you wouldn't have that level of judge anyway. And uh, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, they've got to either do it right or 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 put us all out of our misery, quite frankly. Mm. Um, but, yes, I'm not happy about this Anna Toboggan business. And what the hell? She came in. She sounded like me in in the queue in the post office when you when it's suddenly you say cashier number three please and you think oh I've you forget temporarily what you're in there for and you can't find your parcel and your purse and you forget where it's going and they say put it on the scale and you put it on the scale on the wrong side that was that was exactly how she was in that the start of that meeting the Fudra meeting mm. I was thinking bloody hell they could have sent Bartleby and he'd have done a better job than that but. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, there we are. But that's all because she's got an issue. I bet if she was a bloke, she wouldn't have an issue. Anyway, there we go. Let's do the next one now. Yes, please. Cosmo. Hello, dunty dummers everywhere. It's Cosmo here. If you hear my name invoked by our hosts in these podcasts, then you will usually find the answer to the question that they've raised included in the podcast summary on the Dumpty Dum website for the episode concerned. And, in respect of last week, I can advise that Linda's goats were Persephone and Demeter and lived out their last days at Lower Loxley Petting Corner. Route B did turn into Route C, but in the run-up to the decision on the Tuesday, it was used by Lillian on the Monday evening as a diversionary tactic to avoid answering Jenny's questions which highlighted the damage to Brookfield and also managed to get Jenny to stop asking questions about where Lillian had spent the weekend uh, up in some far-flung place with Justin, of course. For Lucy's benefit, I've looked up that Ed's sheep are a flock of Texel sheep, T-E-X-E-L, which originate on Texel Island, which is in North Holland. They are good at converting food into lean meat, uh, which was what they were going on about the other day. But I think Ed should have gone for a flock of Clun Forest or Herdwick sheep and backed Britain. And it is not clear if they are blue tech cells or not. Changing the subject to this week, 
On Sunday, we heard Brian spouting an absolute load of total rubbish again. <sighs> if Home Farm chooses to buy a new drill to undertake the Burrow Estate contract, it is absolutely no concern of either Borchester Land or its parent, Damara. So there's no board to convince. Home Farm have a contract at a price with an agreed change mechanism between themselves providing the service and home farm paying for it. If they want to go down no drill farming, either it's allowed for in the contract or not, if it's not allowed then do not buy the kit and if you do want to do it you can't put your price up because they won't allow it because they're in it for profit. So it's nothing to do with BL. BL won't pay, they won't buy their own kit, they expect the contractor to own the kit. So Brian, it's your decision. If you want to buy Adam a new toy, buy him a new toy. The whole thing was rubbish. Well, that's about it from me for this week. I'll wave goodbye, but please keep following the podcast summary when Royfield puts them up. Cheerio! Cosmo knows everything, doesn't he? Yes. Do you think there's anything he doesn't know? Well, he probably doesn't know, does he? That's in Jeeves and Worcester. Bertie Worcester says to Jeeves, do you know any, everything, Jeeves? And he says, I could not say, sir. <laughs> um, uh, yes, but root B, root C, he even knows the names of the goats. And they're Texel sheep, not Tetris sheep. So that makes <laughs> sense. I did think that was strange. Why would you name a sheep after an irritating 1980s electronic computer game? Um, I do love a Hardwick sheep, though, Cosmo. I wish they'd had Hardwick as well, mm. not just because... It's easier to say than Texel. Um, and he's pointed out a massive inconsistency in the, in the you know, Brian banging on about, you've got to sell it to the board, Adam, when actually it's absolutely bugger all to do with the board. Um, but as I was listening to, to Cosmo's um, uh, call, I was thinking how much incredible work he does for Dumpty Dum. Mm. He's so thorough and so reliable and so consistent and so brilliant. And then I was thinking about Millie Bell and Martin, a.k.a. Derek Fletcher as well, mm. who has the Mickey taken out of him on a regular basis on the show. So I think we ought to do a clap to everybody, all those oh, three okay. people. They are marvellous and they do they lots are. and lots. And we I, forget to say thank you sometimes. I think, I think that um, Cosmo's wasted on this silly podcast. They I should have too. him... As a awesome. corporate kind of business law uh, consultant on the Archers, because he just spots their mistakes left, right, and centre. Yeah, but they wouldn't be able to speed up any storylines with him at the helm, would they? <laughs> they go on for months because he'd be going, "No, you haven't fulfilled well, subsection." What do you mean? C. They've decided not to speed up storylines anyway. But not all of them. They're they're just slowing down this one. Everything mm. else is like. Whoosh, well, do we know the reason the reason why Toby had the problem in Brighton? Oh, it's going to be a a, a bird. It's going to, it's going to be a woman with a child, isn't it? Well, that that's what we always kind of suspected. But if it is, that's somewhat like so what in this day and age? Why is that such no, it's, a big? It's secret? so what because he's not paying proper thingy maintenance. But he's going down there enough. Yeah, yeah. Generally, people that don't pay maintenance don't show up and then and take the nipper out for for a weekend and give it mcdonald's hamburgers yeah <laughs> take it to the zoo sad dad's at the zoo did you did, you know when when they were at that party mm. and he said oh is that dorothy over there mm. as soon as he says dorothy it sort of registered my mind oh yeah dan's dorothy mm. as soon as he said dorothy i just get this image of someone that looks like mrs merton standing there you know <laughs> in like really gray gray pin curls and uh you know one of those apron things like a tabard and um and that's it's such, such an old you know it's such an old sounding name it's just so bizarre to pick that as a mm. as a as a as a character name unless it is all for us to have a snigger at I think it is for us to have a, a slight snigger because the way that she was introduced being so uptight and, and yeah. kind of prissy and whatever um but whenever I hear Dorothy, because it's that friend of Dorothy, yeah. uh, my my brain leaps to some some bloke who's a transvestite. Yeah, it really does. I just think <laughs> of some some six foot tall 
you know, bloke with massive stubble yeah. in an ill-fitting, you know, mum's dress. That's what yeah. I think, you know. Yeah. Either way, it's a very, it's a very, um, it's a very strange choice. Mm. But there must be, there must be a reason, surely. <laughs> but <sighs> the, the, you know, the, the, the script writers on this thing are for the most part um, genius. And the whole Pip and Rex singing Uptown Funk was supposed to make us all vomit. Yes. You know, was you know, and and actually, and absolutely, that was a stroke of genius. You know, for us to realise that this is a young man and a young woman who are not hip, who are not cool, who are just ordinary yeah. and actually dull. Yeah, and it worked. And when, and when she said, when he said, she said, "Your choice of music on the way back," and he said, "Oh, better get ready or something." I thought. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> One of those T-shirts that says, "You know, you don't have to be mad to work here." So, I'm with stupid, or you know, oh dear. Anyway, never mind. Neil says he's got the makings of a good farmer. So there we are. In fact, that leads us nicely into the next call, Ooh. which is from Euclidbar. Hello, dum-dum, it's Yokel Bear here, ambassador for Yokelshire, the soon-to-be-independent nation. This week was quite good, I thought. Can I just start with one thing? The, the thing that made my week, which was just one simple sentence. Linda's on the bongos. <laughs> the, the images that conjured up in my head have been keeping me giggling all week. Genius. Other things I've enjoyed this week is, I've got to say, perhaps I'm just a nasty person, I'm going to hell, but I've really, really enjoyed Josh's comeuppance and penance. I don't know why. He's learnt a valuable life lesson there, isn't it? Which is, don't trust people like Toby. Oh, for crying out loud. It's really interesting, isn't it, how people in the village are now beginning to kind of distinguish a lot more between Toby and Rex. Rex is far more of an insider in the village now, isn't he? But the other thing, and maybe this is a case for Ambridge X-Files, the mystery. Anna Toboggan. What's happening again? What is it? What What does she have to stop? I don't know about you, but as the um, field agent for Ambridge X-Files, I am going to open a case file on this one because I sense it's something mysterious and probably a little bit eerie. <laughs> He says, Toby is an outsider. Yes, the village is recognising now. They're saying, oh, Rex is all right. They're, they're, they're sort of grudgingly accepting him. But they've, they've recognised um, uh, Toby as a, as a irritating git. And um, mm. that he's, you know, and, and also he's, he's not bumptious and funny in the way that Nigel was. You know, a posh twit. He's actually a bit more malicious than that. In that he was really needling Josh, and saying, "Don't you know? Don't you get get home for your bedtime and go and tell your mummy and all that." And it's you know it's slightly nasty, and he's patronising people who know what they're doing. You know, he's patronising Neil and and just saying, "Oh, they're just unadventurous and all that." When um actually they're you know they've been doing it a hell of a lot longer and a lot more successfully than he has. So yes, the village has turned against Toby. Um, and it made when when then he goes on to Anna Toboggan saying it's happening again, Mum. And my first thought was the antibiotics haven't worked. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But yes, Linda on the bongos was a lovely image. As the party was a lovely image. Somebody dancing on the tables. It just would have been nice if we could have been there. But you know, it's a bit like Facebook having a really popular popular person on Facebook, and 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 they're saying I had great parties. And you think. Why wasn't I invited then? That's kind of what you feel like, really, at the moment, because everything's happening off mic. Mm, it is, and it's it's becoming just a little bit tiresome. I wish mm. the whole Robin Helen thing would just happen off mic. I don't need. To yeah, that would be that. good. Mm. Yeah, we could just catch up with it via Radio Susan, couldn't we? That'd be Absolutely. fine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Right, Glyn. Hello, it's Glyn here. Greetings to all that Dumpty Dum and to all Dumpty Dum listeners in this post-Brexit apocalypse. Just as we thought that Helen's predicament might be improving, it appears that Anna Tregoran is about to go through some major breakdown. 
Well, it did get me thinking about how this story could get any worse. And I do have one thing to offer, which is that it turns out that Kaz, rather than being a friend, is will actually trade something she has heard Helen say to her to get um, a lighter punishment for whatever crime she is in for or whatever, perhaps on the line along the lines of saying, oh, yeah, she admitted to me time after time after time that she was a, a useless mother. Well, I hope it doesn't go that way, but nothing would surprise me with this story anymore. Um, other things in uh, other things in Ambridge. Well, I'm still waiting to hear about the resolution for the cricket tees. I think this is a really vital piece of uh, piece of news that we need to hear. And I can report that the that elderflower cordial is trading at three pounds thirty per seven hundred and fifty milliliters in Derbyshire farm shops, uh, which sounds a, sounds a sort of you know in line with uh, what it's trading for elsewhere in the country. So that's all for now. Thanks for the uh, keeping up doing the podcast and for cheering us up in post-Brexit gloom. Glyn, we are going to have to have words, mate. That Why? is too late. What did he what he said about Kaz giving, giving, d- trading Helen's secrets to lighten? Oh, that. Hmm. Not the update on the Elderflower Cordial Index. That's all right, clearly. But it was, you know... Surely there cannot be any more shit in that storyline. They're just calm. <laughs> Anna Toboggan, who's you know clearly having a nervous breakdown, but you know just 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 let let her have one decent person with her that she can rely on, please. Yeah. Even if she does go around saying "Go blimey, governor," yeah. <sighs> with her. I loved it when Tom said, "Oh, you mean the one with the the one with the scraped back ponytail?" And I was thinking, "Oh, Croydon facelift, just stay it." <laughs> That's what you're talking about. Uh, but yes, no, Glyn, no, no, no. That is not happening. La, la. And if it does happen, I'm going to stick my fingers in my ears and go la, 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 la until it's all finished. Um, and thank you for the update on the Elderflower Cordial Index. We also have Michelle Lafert with her update on the Elderflower Cordial Where is she from? Lucy Bird Island? Yeah, Rhode Island. Oh, okay. If there's anywhere called Bird Island. <laughs> she has her update too on the Elderflower Cordial Retail Price Index, which we will do now. Mm. Oh, sorry. Don't talk through the calls, Royfield, please. Hi, everyone. It's Michelle in Rhode Island. I was shopping for my cookout for the 4th of July tomorrow, um, and I found some Elderflower Cordial, which I'd never seen before in my life or heard of. I was very excited. I saw it on the shelf in the soda aisle. I was looking for ginger beer and there it was. And it was $2.19 for a 275 milliliter bottle. And someone will have to convert that because I have no idea. Although maybe the fun is not converting anything. Anyway, so fun. (laughs) Reporting in. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) $2.19. But it wasn't a very big bottle, was it? So that's quite expensive, I think. Mm. So, yes. That skews the results, probably. And so you're having a, a cookout or whatever the heck they call it, it for, for 4th of July? Yes. Are you having that, a cookout? Uh, no. you having but a cookout? I'm, no. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I will be uh, seeing the odd parade or two. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Parade of what? Floats? Uh, of of marching bands and just, ah. you know, and all of that Americana-ness, you know, where the local fire department come out and wave and then you know, some cheerleaders and their pom-poms are out and all of that stuff. So I'm going to have some of that. Yeah, I'm going to boo and hiss. I'm just saying, treason! Treason! You know, <laughs> 200 and odd years too late. Not in these heightened, not in these heightened tight security times, I wouldn't. I'd you, keep your trap shut and wave your flag. You know what, that's that's very true. That is very true. Mm. If you're not on next week, we'll know you've been incarcerated. <laughs> So now we have the update for the uh, Elderflower Cordial Retail Price Index from New York. Happy belated birthday, Lucy, and hello to Royfield and Millie Bell and worldwide Dunty Dunners. New York Nigel here, wondering about the worldwide cost of traditional English groceries after the sterling slump following the Brexit people. I suspect we'll need all the help we can get. Perhaps some of the Archer's characters could sponsor a few products for a British Goods Department of Trade International Fairs and Promotions Week. 
sterling to American dollar conversions were pre-pound collapse. Of course, we've got to start with elderflower cordial, about £10 for a bottle of 75 centiliters of Calustians. Perfect diluted with water from Jennifer Aldridge's new kitchen fizzy water tap. Something you find in the back of the freezer in July, bought with best of intentions just before Christmas, Auntie Cardboard's Vegetarian Suet. £3.50 for a box in New York. Unobtainable in New York City at any price, jellied eels. Probably not obtainable behind bars for Helen's friend Kaz either, so priceless. Anyone for a fondant fancy? Thanks to all for such a fun podcast. New York Nigel hungrily signing off and speak again soon. Bye. Thank you very much, Nigel. Uh... I'll tell you, there was a little bit of talk of, of, of Brexit last week. But as I said on the Twitters, um, you know, if it's good enough for Ruth and David to talk about, it's good enough for us. So yes. so that's that. And it's not as if it happens every week that we go in, out, in, out, shake it all about uh, with Europe or that something as momentous as that happens so momentous that uh, my stay in the States has been somewhat um, affected, i.e. everything has become more expensive for me. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. those prices on the retail uh, price index of, of Cordial, uh, they need to be rapidly, um, you know, changed on, on an hourly basis. Right. Just saying. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Okay. Claire Howard. Hello, Lucy and Royfield. It's Claire Howard again, my second ever call. Uh, no showing off about holidays this week as I'm back to not-so-sunny Hertfordshire. I was calling in uh, this week, even though I hated the sound of my own voice last time, um, because I'm terribly worried about Lillian. Uh, she's enjoyed being treated like the most important person in the world by Justin uh, over the last couple of weeks. And she's shown on the phone to him how much she's fallen for him. And I'm really worried that Miranda's going to turn up for one of her visits. And not only will she treat Lillian like a secretary, but uh, Justin will have to play the dutiful husband and will not stand up for her. I could only imagine how much this is going to hurt her. Poor Lillian. And uh, I really don't think Jennifer's going to be very supportive. Uh, so I'm very, very concerned, which is really annoying. Um, so anyway, that's it. Uh, thank you very much for the work that you do. I love listening to Dumpty Dum every week and um, I'm looking forward to it again this week. Thanks so much. Bye. Fears for Lillian. Yes, Justin won't stand up for Lillian because wife trumps mistress. That's that's the way of it, the way of things. Um I know, I know. It's it's going to be not very nice, I think, for Lillian, unless he just in just in. Well, these be wrong. I mean, I you know they like to throw us a curveball, don't yeah. they? Yeah. So let's just hope that yeah. the trajectory of this storyline has one too, because yeah. we're all fans of Lillian, and yes, in in the world of soapy tropes, uh, the wife would come and 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 we all over her. However, yeah. you never know. Justin might just go, no, don't talk to her like that or whatever. Yeah. Or maybe it won't, it won't even happen. Or you never yeah. know. The wife might then uh, take half a step back and say, hmm, I appreciate who you are, etc., etc. You're good for my Justin. You never know. Next, we have Steve. Good afternoon, Dumpty Dum. It's Steve here, sitting in a lovely pub's garden, drinking some Dorset champagne, i.e. Tanglefoot. Um, just ringing in to talk about Friday's episode. Um, it was just crap, wasn't it? It was just awful. You know, all this elfin wood nonsense. You know, and the Grundies with their crackpot ideas about sort of making a mint from it. Why did the parish council have to get involved anyway? Uh, you know, why... It's Brian's wood. You should have just nuked the bloody thing and have done with it. Brian's the next morning think, saying, I love the smell of napalm in the morning would have been brilliantly funny, but no, all this stuff about parish council and the bloody elves, I mean, it's just absolute bilge. You know, after the really good writing that's gone into the story, that you know, the, the storyline that shall not be named, burgeoning rekindling of the romance, I think, between... Tucker and Kate. You know, why are they going on about this elfin wood thing? It's just 
doing my head in. Just demolish the bloody thing and I'm done. Anyway, uh, I'm going back to my rather nice pint and um, I'll see you later, as they say. Bye-bye, 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 Mwah. bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. Steve is very fed up with elves and why the parish council was messing about with elves. I do not know this, apart from light relief, I think, except it's slightly irritating. And what the hell Eddie is playing at, I don't know. Apart from, he reckons he's going to make money out of it. I'm not quite sure how. But the most important part of your call, Steve, was the fact that you were drinking a pint of... Eddie did go into uh, the ways in which they would make money out of it. Yeah. It's free, but it's the car parking parking and the souvenirs. And, yeah. Mm. Eddie, poor Clary will be roped in to make elf cheese or something won't she yeah. imagine elf um, cheese Ooh. I am um, we did talk about this a few weeks ago about the whole the Grundies are just slightly shifty and and you know just not to be taken seriously and the fact the fact that we've had 30 years of these storylines and just you know yeah can they be put to bed please yeah to say that I you know I switch off all of my brain cells when there's all talk of elves. <laughs> I really do. I don't understand. I don't I cannot remember how the elves got there, who put them there, who why should we be interested in Ed, them? Akira. It's just oh, it, you know, I'm all I'm all for twee storylines. And also, are they but... waterproof elf houses? Because with the weather we've had, there'd be a wash. It's an elf rot. <laughs> it just sort of Maybe they had elf insurance. <laughs> Well done. (laughs) Well done, Freeman. Anyway, the most important thing about Steve's call was the fact that he was drinking a pint of Tanglefoot. He was. Which is very, very nice and instantly Mm. made me want to drink a pint of Tanglefoot. I I love the way Steve signs off. I know. Bye, 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 (laughs) bye. We have Witherspoon now. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Mercy Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Millie Bell and all Dumpty Dimmers around the world Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here Calling not from Connecticut as originally planned But from home in New York City Our travel plans went the way of Rex's romantic dreams Regarding the age-old question of Isn't it romantic? Or, in these four cases, isn't it not romantic? First, now that both Jenny and Toby are suspicious about Justilian, the entire village will soon be talking about it as well. I still say that Lillian will be heading for a big fall. Two, Pip obviously continues to hold a torch for Matthew, and I think he'll be back in the picture in the not-too-distant future, and hapless Rex best be looking elsewhere. Three, I was worrying that Kate was going to seduce a drunken Roy, and then I would have had to barf. And lastly, when are we going to find out if the odious Toby, the man who can't seem to keep it in his pants, is a baby father of some poor child in Brighton? Back to Kate, who remains the most selfish mother in Ambridge. I could have punched her when she muttered, quote, her loss, when she found out her daughter wasn't attending the opening of the huts, or whatever those things are. And by the way, did Kate actually do any of the work that evening? And we certainly haven't heard Kate mention anything about her other two children in a long, long time. Last topic, sorry to bring it up, but we have to talk about the Kramer versus Kramer scenes this week. God damn it, Rob is a stepfather who was only given that legal designation sometime in the last year. Why does that supersede the role of the biological grandparents, and that, and at the least, why wasn't it brought up by legal counsel? Well, we're waiting with bated breath for a follow-up to Anna's mysterious statement, I think it's happening again, Mum. This time I've got to stop it. Now, we've been led up lots of village roads in the storyline that have gone nowhere, but I don't think this time the scriptwriters would have dropped that little bomb for no reason. Please, I hope not. So I'll close with a happy 4th of July to you all. Now, I know that 99% of the listeners don't celebrate this very American holiday, but Angus, handsome husband, and I will be doing something very patriotic today. Shopping for a new kitchen. Speak to you next week. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy.
And he is, again, cross with Kate. And yes, exactly the same bit, Cosmo, when she said, oh, well, her loss, when she's talking about um, Kate, uh, when she's talking about Phoebe, Phoebe not being her stupid... You know what? She, she's a dreadful mother. I know this comes as no surprise, but uh, my, my jaw dropped at that line. But... I know maybe I'm being overly psychoanalytical and mm-hmm. and it's going to come out as if I'm supporting Kate, which I'm not because she's an idiot. But I think for Kate, guilt, the guilt she feels is so gigantic because there's such a lot of it about pretty much everything. She cannot let it rest in her for a second. So she just pushes it out all the time. Some you know, people turn it into her. My, 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 my gut feeling to that is to say she feels no guilt. But there was it, that scene with Roy where she yeah. did acknowledge that she hadn't been there for her. Do you reckon they're going to get back together again? It would make little and little and no sense. Oh. You know, yeah, she's a she's a little bit of a a looker, Roy. But come on, right? It, as a as a human being, as a, as an adult, yeah. sorry, sorry, she's pretty much a disaster area. Though, I I think we're all led to believe she's she is actually going to make a success of this. That this is yeah. this is her wheelhouse, as the Americans would say. This is she. She kind of understands this whole world, and uh, she pulled off with the help of others, admittedly, uh, but she did pull off this launch. And um, I believe this is actually going to work. And if she has somebody behind her who can understand the numbers, it should work. Yeah, you know, because she doesn't understand the numbers. But I, I, I hope for Roy's sake, they don't. Because I know opposites attract are supposed to attract in yin and yang and make a, a cohesive whole, but that's just bonkers beyond belief. It, yeah. I always thought it was bonkers beyond belief they got together in the first place twenty yeah. years ago. That yeah. that made no sense to me. No, you know her mucking around with him. Yeah. Uh, so once bitten, twice shy, Roy. Mm. Yep. Yes. Oh, we have some emails. Can I do them? Oh yes, please is uh from uh sharon um who says because uh, i said that um uh carol toboggan was perfectly fine one and then when she broke her her, uh, her broke her wrist uh, anna toboggan was saying oh well you'll have another fall and you, you know it was basically treating her as if she was some um, uh you know completely decrepit and never gonna never gonna manage again and sharon said disclaimer mm-hmm. i am not a doctor but i am a person with a broken arm she said, my recent experience, I'm in my 50s, has shown me just how disabling a broken arm can be. I'm now 11 weeks off work, no driving in a rural location. With regard to the remark that she's not likely to fall again, the broken limb leaves you off balance. The sling reduces compensatory balancing use of the arms and the pain medication may be very wobbly. I did have a second fall down the stairs at home after a few days, but luckily managed to fall on the other side with no further damage. Luckily, no, most people would <laughs> have fallen downstairs again was lucky. Then when trying to cook, I cut the index finger of my good hand. So oh I had to rely on partner and small child for loads of support for a week afterwards. Anyway, we need Anne Rivlish to find the dirt on Rob. This is true, Sharon, but you, it sounds absolutely terrible. I do hope you're all right. So you've had two falls and you've cut your finger. Mm. You've got a broken arm and, a, and then you had a fall and then you cut your finger. So stop, just go to bed. Go to bed and sit there. Don't do anything until you're properly better. That sounds awful. And you're right. We do need Anna in the village to find the dirt on Rob quite quickly, please. Yes, that would be nice. Uh, Paul Robinson responded to the one from Neighbours, presumably, um, <laughs> responded to Amy Gilbert's thing about the, the, the wasp. She was hunting the wasp mm. in her room, which turned out to be a sound effect. Um, he, she, he said, what Amy Gilbert heard was not a wasp or a bee, but Toby's drone on Open Farm Sunday. It could well have been. I think just Toby droning on could well have been uh, mistaken for an annoying insect as well. Um, yes, that is the end of the emails. Wicked. Let's take five. Let's have um, some advertisements. Uh, there might be a, a new one or two in it this week. It should be hmm. nice for people. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Then we'll come back to the other side, touch the Millie Bell, and then it will be hashtag the Archer's best tweets of the last seven days. Thank you very much, please. But by the end of the 1800s, a new dialect was starting to dominate the national political scene. That was the upper-class dialect of the large eastern cities. It was a posh accent, sometimes called the Mid-Atlantic accent. In some respects, this particular accent was a return to the roots of American English. And it ended up sounding like a mixture of American and British English. This was a period of improved relations with Britain. And it was also the Victorian era, which was a cultural high point for Britain. British culture started to infiltrate the U.S. Subscribe to us on iTunes, From Washington to Obama, 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. Do you have a National Trust sticker on your car? Do you think you could be best friends with Kath Kidson? Do you spend hours wandering around the airport looking for an organic quinoa cafe because you refuse to go to Burger King? Then Sarah Smith Cloths offer you... Available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. I've just had a look at the Dumpty Dum shop. They've got no tracksuits, but they do do t-shirts, which are very flattering. Nice if you want to show off your figure a little bit. Nick couldn't carry one off, of course, but I can. Good day, everyone. After an amazing few days up in Canberra, which is, of course, our national capital... It was at the beginning of our uh, last week of election, and there I was with all these pollies, all these journos everywhere. It was just amazing that little old me, and I'm you know, very unimportant, just a bog-standard citizen, and there I was in at the National Press Club while they, the opposition leader gave his speech. It was just extraordinary. Anyhow, that's not what we're supposed to be talking about. So uh, let's talk about what's been happening on our forum, dumtydum.com forward slash forums. Uh, Miss Mid-City starts a discussion about dead ringers, does the arches. Uh, Dusty Substance said, to be honest, I'd not spend the weekend with Pat either. Uh, Tom Williams has a Grange Farm theory. Uh, Miss Mid-City uh, very kindly also was uh, wishing happy birthday to Lucy. David Keel would like to save Ambridge Cricket. So, uh, yeah, lots happening there. And uh, even in my absence, I have to tell you that our uh, Facebook page was going great guns. Uh, we talked about uh, Pip and Lillian, who don't seem to be making good decisions about love right now, and we wondered how we could distract them. Chris Scotting said, let Lillian have her fun, I say. She had so much crap with Matt, she deserves it. And who's to say it might not turn into something more than a business arrangement? Can you see the look on Brian's face? Actually, wouldn't that be awesome, Chris? You're quite right. Uh, Liz Figures, and I think she's referring to Pip, says, if she's messing about with Rex, I won't be pleased. She knows he likes her, so totally not fair to lead him on. Uh, lots of others in that vein. Uh, Joe Jackson posted that he was disappointed. Oh, sorry, he or she. I made an assumption then. I uh, was disappointed with the uh, scriptwriters. First, Jennifer upsticks and Lillian allows Kate to behave so badly during Phoebe's exams. Now, Susan becomes more ridiculous caricature, not just a village gossip, but a woman so stupid that she slags off her boss. Gosh, yes, that was a bit odd, wasn't it? Fair enough to Rob won her over, but she's biting the hand that feeds her. Uh, someone, uh, David Keel, has put up also on our Facebook page to save Ambridge Cricket. 
so obviously a lot of interest in them, making sure that our cricket uh, doesn't fall by the wayside. What is it? An extraordinary general meeting. I hadn't heard one of those before. Um, Denise Tomlinson would like to know whether Joe Grundy could lend us his ferret. Um, she thinks she'd like to put it in Boris Johnson's lap for a few minutes. <laughs> oh, that make me giggle. Still making me giggle. And we also had a big discussion about the Anna predicament what is happening um again because she said i hope it's not happening again um how close can we get to the storyline so lots of suggestions there uh fiona siobhan powell said i think she's had a similar case in her past where she realized too late that she had failed to get all the information and in retrospect let her client down badly and feels bad that her former client is lingering in prison She's determined that this won't happen to Helen, but is worried that her defence of her thus far is a bit lacklustre. Yes. Sean Cruard Camel says, do you think it might be about child abuse? Maybe she was involved in a similar case before and can see signs in Rob's behaviour. Sarah Walsh, it seems like some sort of medical condition or mental health issue. She was out of sorts even before she got to the court. So I don't think it's about seeing Rob in person could be something to do with the previous case though so we're kind of all thinking along that line uh that's just a taster of the fabulous thread that followed that discussion so if you would like to get involved very much encourage you to get onto facebook make yourself known to me i do try to get back to as many posts and threads as i can um so i'd love to talk to you and of course there is our forum too so if you would like to talk to any of the many characters you have two ways to do it and I look forward to seeing you on one of them so until next week hooroo Millie Bell that was all manner of awesome thank you Uh, Luce yes keep up darling sorry I was reading them I was reading ahead Olympians said tweets of the week this is Olympians said I want to see the elves. Well, Henry, I want to see you speaking properly, but it ain't never going to happen, is it? <laughs> uh, Becky Black Books said, Mind the steps, Rob. Don't fall and smash your skull or anything. Um, David Blake said, No, yes, David Blake was talking about the uh, the elves, the elf migration. He said, mm-hmm. It was all down to the new elf bypass they put in, straight through Lakey Hill. <laughs> Uh, Les Archers said slap up lunch sounds fun let's invite Rob he needs slapping and Verity Kalchev said do we know what Kaz is in for yet and Kernow 27 replied impersonating a cockney was the first charge brought against (laughs) (laughs) sorry that was three to the week I forgot to say (laughs) yes Yes, she is right. awful. I wish they'd just give it up now and just let her slip into the middle-class actress. She surely is. But anyway, we can't. Mm. dum dot com, folks. You want to go there? It's awesome. There's things happen there that you, like, you just wouldn't believe, like forums and shops and all sorts. So dum dum dot com. Go there. Oh, also, you can post your own articles there. So it's like a like a like a democratic forum you can just like go and add your own content it's fab you can find that fab place on dumptydum.com now every now and then i say things like itunes write some reviews because it's really important because it helps other people to discover our podcast and back in the days to blather on about being the top of the podcast itunes charts which is kind of not really ever happened but we did get into the top 10 once didn't we for something lucy and we kind of bundle around i don't know about number 13 tv and uh and film podcasts even though we're a podcast about a radio show because there isn't a section about us but anyway um i'll blather on so itunes reviews are really important from the united kingdom i'm not listening loves us uh violet the the kite uh look forward to listening every week mr c 368 reviewed us as most excellent however moza 68 doesn't care enough anymore. <laughs> and, and they're not talking about the archers. That they're talking about <laughs> us there. But from the colony that got away... Case Road loves us. Fun, funny, lots of archers rehash. And then we end with forward slash, forward slash, forward slash, forward slash, forward slash. That's uh, catchy. Mm, um, Is that how you pronounce that? Anyway, they think we are genuinely dreadful drivel, snobbish and really not funny. Mm. Thank you.
If you would like to help keep our little show on the road, there are a couple of ways this can be done, folks. You can do this in one... Uh, first way you can do this is by hitting that donate button on, on our website, which is dumptydum.com, or... You can go to patreon.com, you can search for Dumpty Dum, and you can donate $2 a show, which is about £1.30. Mm, no. It's about... Uh, uh, you know what? It's something dreadful now. Bottle of Elder Flag Cordial. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, remember, to get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on our site or call us on 0203-031-3105 to leave us a telephonic message. If you can't figure out how our website works, which is somewhat peculiar if you listen to us on a podcast. But anyway, on social media, you can find us specifically Twitter where we're at dumdydum. Uh, me, I'm at Royfield. Uh, Sarah Smith is at Sarah underscore Smith. I'm at Lucy V. Freeman. And Harriet is at Shambridges. And this is one of those shows where, which is most excellent because Lucy's done all the talking because she's fab. Oh, so I forgot to say Facebook. Right, on the book of face, uh, you can find us by going on there, typing in Dumpty Dum, and then you'll see 1,200 and I'd like a look as you all have fun. Fun, fun, fun. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. That's what they have on there. Hmm? I need to go. I need to go and do my call. I know. We've done it. Hooray. All right. Bye. Bye.